Hi and hello, watch fans, and welcome to another edition of The Real Time Show with me, your friendly neighborhood watchmaker, Rob Nuts, and my co-host calling in all the way from Amsterdam, Alon Ben-Joseph. Today is our second part of the GPHG Rundown, in which Alon and I go head-to-head to pick the possible winners of the upcoming event held on November 9th later this week. Alon, thus far, the scores stand at four to me and two to you. We're about to jump into the next round, which I believe is the Torbion category. Would you like to take us away with a little introduction of what we have on show here? Yes. And before I do so, if you are jumping in and you're listening to the real-time show for the first time, please stop this episode now and just jump one back or two to the first part of this series of two, which is going to be a lot of fun for you. And if you did listen to the previous episode, please go to gphg.org and you can scroll in real time while listening to this episode and you can see the watches that we're actually discussing. And when you hit the GPHG website, go to the 2023 edition in the submenu, you pick nominated timepieces. We're at the sixth category when we kick off this second part of the episode. And this is going to be fun because this is guaranteed a point for me. 100%. I even dare to bet my watch on it that I don't have because it's an HYT watch. I'm daring to bet that that's the watch Rob picked. And if you're new to the show, why am I so excited, upbeat, and sure of my vote? Because a year ago, we started the real-time show actually with this game that we're doing today. And Rob was hating, hating, hating on tourbillons. Now, I know he loves HYT. And I'm cheating because I've seen Rob in real time, physically, looking at the watch that he picked. Which is the HYT Conical Tourbillon Infinity Sapphires. Because he said it on air, so I'm cheating. He said multiple times. That is, that's the watch that made him from a non-believer, a believer, a believer of tourbillons. So, Rob, am I right? Of course not. Yeah, of course <laughs> you are. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding. It wasn't even your guess, was it? I mean, for God's no. sake, unbelievable. You just I didn't even look at the other watches. You know, I jumped in. So very quickly. So the six nominees in this category are Arnold the Sun with the Ultra Tin Tourbillon Gold. Beauvais 1822 with the Virtuoso 11. Bulgari with the Octoroma Striking Papillon Tourbillon. Laurent Ferrier with the Grand Sport Tourbillon Pursuit. And Parmigiani Fleurier with the Tonda PF Flying Tourbillon. I, I noticed that with the previous Parmigiani Fleurs, I skipped the PF in the title. Because for me, it's a bit stupid that the PF is in there. But okay. So... HYT, we're super subjective because we're good friends with everybody there. They have a new managing director, Vahe. So we met with him. He did not design this watch, but we've seen what's coming. So keep an eye on HYT. Well picked, Rob. Now, to give an extra dimension to this category, if the HYT wasn't there, I guess you would have gone for the Laurent Ferrier because I know you don't like open worked. And Laurent Ferrier is very discreet because the tourbillon is at the back. Am I right? Yeah, you are. Um, thanks for sharing the mic for a second on this category. I uh, don't have too much to add. <laughs> You've pretty much said all my bit for me. What I don't really know what to do, though, is is choose the piece you've selected because... You're absolutely right. The HYT Conical Tourbillon Infinity Sapphires is my pick, and it was probably the easiest point you'll ever get in this competition because you know I adore the brand and love this execution of a Torbion. I would say that the best watch in this category, even including the HYT in, in that, is probably the Lauren Ferrier. And I think that it's a beautifully restrained design, gorgeous color choices, wonderful palette, excellent finish on every part of the watch, front, back, inside, outside, you name it. It's a stunner on the wrist. I absolutely love it. I have a personal leaning towards the HYT, but I don't think you wholeheartedly share that obsession 
And therefore, I suppose I have to guess that you went for the Grand Sport Tourbillon Pursuit. We don't have half points. I would have <laughs> given you one because I love you. So I did pick for this game, the 23 elections, nominations to HYT. Innovative, spectacular, mind-blowing. They deserve the prize. It's new. Would I wear it? No, I would definitely would have bought, and I hope to buy one day, an HYT. But for me, it needs to be all about the fluidity, the f- literal fluid in the watch. And actually, this amazing central spinning tourbillon and, and, and gemstones in it, on paper, is my watch. But enough for me. So personally, I would, if I had to buy one of the six, it would indeed be the law of That's why the half point. I love hidden tourbillons. So Patek did it with their 10 days power reserve. And I love Laurent Ferrier. And I love the Grand Sport. So that's why half point. I didn't give it in this year's nominations. But you know me very well. Should we quickly describe the other ones though? And I've sold many flying tourbillons by Parmigiani. The Parmigiani Fleurier flying tourbillon is spectacular. Really, if you are considering a tourbillon, Really consider flying to wheel. It really adds not a little dimension, but exponential joy in wearing if you like to see something moving on your dial. Now, I also gravitated to the Arnold the Sun. I love the fact that there is so much air on the dial, if you know what I mean. It's it's clean. It's about the two wheel. I just don't like Roman numerals. So <laughs> it was an option, but imagine they take it more modern. And what a canvas for collapse so really love that watch definitely have if, if that's your vibe i mean jacket draw left the classic realm they're going to tifuti and all crazy so i i, I pick I, I think arnoldson's picking up that baton well i don't think you and i need to spend too much time on the beauvais do we no no i mean it's um it's something for someone, that's for sure. It's a heavily skeletonized, extremely um, traditionally decorated movement with a lot of scroll work on it. It's really not my taste, but it is what Bovey is perhaps best known for at this point. Yeah. And Bulgari, well, we're not objective. We're huge fans of the brand, huge fans of Fabrizio. This caliber, if I'm not mistaken, is half or 80% heritage from the Gerald Genta era. Now, the caliber is spectacular. I am not a fan of the old Octoroma cases. That's what this is, because we have a new generation now in the, I call it the civilian models, the entry-level Octos. Um, I think the, 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 the color combination is vibrant, but I'm not a fan of DLC, so I'm not feeling it. What about you? Yes, it's a tough one. I... Don't like many things about it, despite liking pretty much everything about Bulgari. I agree, don't like DLC. I do like the old Octo case. I'm fine with that. I actually like fluorescent colors normally, but I feel like the green is a bit much here. I think it overawes the design, takes away from it. I find the jumping hour window at 12 o'clock a little bit distracting. It disrupts an otherwise quite moody dial. It doesn't hang together superbly. It's a well-made piece, but yeah, it was not close to winning this competition, although it probably came third because I prefer it to even the power journey. I'm not a fan of flying tourbillons, to be honest. I, I find them to be a bit distracting and I don't like to see my arm hair at all. Okay, let's move on to the next category. That's calendar and astronomy. We have six candidates here as usual. We have another from Beauvais, which probably does a good job of bringing what Beauvais does well to the table. It's got a beautiful translucent blue, what do we call that? planisphere at 12 o'clock then we have the felipe Pekulik moon phase one iwc schaffhausen big pilots watch perpetual calendar top gun lake tahoe which everybody wanted a lake tahoe special edition obviously thanks iwc messina lab habring times messina lab chrono felix perpetual parmigiani fleurier tonda pf jali chinese calendar 
and the Piaget, Piaget Polo Perpetual Calendar Obsidian. We've seen quite a lot of representatives from the same brands and in the same model families over and over and over again, but there's a couple of standouts here, most notably the Felipe and the Messina. So whose guess is it here? I suppose it's mine first, right? So, ooh, this is a tough one to work through for you. I am going to immediately discount the Piaget and I'm going to immediately discount the Beauvais. I think the Piaget just doesn't do enough. I think the Beauvais is a bit much and outside of your taste. The Parmigiani is also getting kicked to the curb here because I feel like you probably have a little bit of time for the Habring Messina Lab collab because it's quite muted. It's quite demure. It's a good everyday watch. It's by a nice independent maker with obviously the input of William Messina, one of the industry's foremost collectors. I have the top two for you as the Felipe Pekulik Moon Phase 1 and the IWC Schaffhausen, simply because I know you love the Kirk Klaus designed perpetual calendar movement. I do think, however, this particular iteration of it in the big white ceramic case and the whole Top Gun thing going on might be a bit crass for you and not really how you'd like to wear that movement and so oddly i'm actually going to go for the felipe peculic i think that it's classy i think that it's under the radar and i think that it's got you written all over it ding 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 good grief good one well done your analysis was almost spot on i did not even consider the big pilot my second was indeed the Massina Lab. I love Habring too, because interesting. we have to say that it's a couple, and that's why you have the two there. So I've been a huge fan of Habring ever since he developed the Rattrapant function for IWC over 22, three, four years ago. I love William Massina. I dare to call him a friend. So this collab is amazing. I love monopushers. I love perpetuals. But look at the Felipe Piculic. I don't even know him. I've never held the watch. But it's a piece of mechanical art. He's small. I don't mean his length, but the brand. <laughs> and he deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure his length was ever in question. You mean his height, right? That's the literal translation. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. Translating yeah. from Dutch, but but I, I'm a sucker for hand engraving. Right. Anywhere, especially on the dial. So that's I, I didn't even consider. You're right. Beauvais and the Piaget were not even in Frage. I love, I love, I love the uh, Parmigiani perpetuals, and they make uh, amazing with different lunar calendars. But the caliber is not new, so it's not that innovative. I think the big pilot is fugly and white. I actually don't. They're pushing the envelope. They, they, the, the, the one that our dear friend Adam Kraniotz has, the OG perpetual big pilots on black ceramic. It works, and they were in steel as well. But to push it to white and, uh, and desert and green, and I don't know why. It's, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm too conservative. So for you, Rob, difficult one. Mm, it is tough. You didn't consider, yeah, you didn't consider the Beauvais. You didn't consider the Piaget. You didn't definitely go for the IWC either. Maybe for different reasonings than me, because you are more open-minded or less uh, conservative than I am. I, I think that you have a lot of respect for Habring and, and William, so Messina, but I don't think you consider that. So for you, probably it was between Parmigiani Fleurier and Felipe Piculic, and it's really a 50-50 for me. So I'm just doing roll of the dice. I guess you chose the same as I did, so you chose Felipe Piculic as well. Oh, mate, your reasoning was absolutely letter perfect, but you missed out on the last last choice. I went for the Parmigiani. Shoot. You got the order. You got the order. Bang on. You got the order. Bang on. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, that means the scores stand at five three. I guess at the moment, but um, six three, six three. Oh, good. Six three, dude. You're so successful. You don't even keep track of your own success. Going to the next category. That hang on. Can I say eight. something about this this Parmigiani? The reason why I went for the Parmigiani is this dial color is so delicious to look at. It's just 
absolutely one of the most inviting dials I've ever seen. I think the the burgundy somehow plays so well with the dark blue and the gold moon phase, and then all of the Chinese characters on there at the 12 o'clock dial and the three o'clock and the nine o'clock and the little window for the for the leap year indicator. It's just so, so cool. Fully realized concept. Love it. Execution is top. You know I love Parmigiani. You know I love this case form. That's why that one won for me. What's next up? What's the next category? So we go to mechanical exception, the eighth category. And we have Adama Piquet with the code 1159. By Adama Piquet, ultra complication, universal, RD, hashtag for a mouthful because it's a real grand complication. It's actually spectacular what they did, but I won't decide if it's beautiful or not. That's for you to decide, and we'll see if Rob picked it. Chapek, our friends, Place Vendôme, Complicité, Hot Lance, Sphere Series 1. Jacob and Co. got nominated with the Astronomia Revolution. And then Louis Vuitton, got nominated with Tambour Opera Automata, the second Automata. And Rudy Silva got nominated with the RS23. So, all big boys. This is serious hotologery. On paper, the Adamar is the most heavy one. And it's actually spectacular what they did. But you didn't choose that. Simply because last year you, you player hated hardcore on Adamar Tourbillons. I don't think you think this is an appealing design. You definitely love the caliber, but you definitely don't like the design. And actually, while I'm looking at it right now, I'm thinking it looks like a an and and a a cartoon doodle of a face that didn't work out well. The drawing went bad. Um, you definitely didn't go for the Jacob O'Cole or the Vuitton. I guess the Rue de Silva you respect, but aesthetically it doesn't appeal to you simply because it's so open worked. It has two tourbillons, flying tourbillons there. Well, actually, they're not flying, sorry. So my initial vote for you was immediately the Chapek, but I took a little break because you and I got simultaneously as excited in the same pace when we were holding the Hotland Sphere Series 1 while we were sitting there with Samuel Hoffman during the Geneva watch days. So, tough bet, but you did choose Chapek, not only for your very intimate friendship with Xavier, the CEO and co-founder of Chapek and C, but simply because it's a beautiful watch. And the caliber is co-created with Bernard Leder, which makes it gives it another dimension. So that's my pick for you, Rob. Did oh, I win? Thank God for that. Yeah, you yeah. Ding 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 ding. Yes. Yeah, thank goodness. Your, your reasoning was absolutely flawless that time. You again nailed it down to the last two. And you were totally right about the Rudy Silver. Respect it. Don't love it myself it looks like the kind of watch that captain jack sparrow would wear and i mean that in you know in as positive way as i can um, i think he would wear the tambour opera automata with that uh got the mayo mask that that. i don't even know what mask it is it seems like a mexican wrestler mask it does look a bit like a mexican wrestler doesn't it it's interesting but i mean come on that's just stallone and no one else it's so fugly it's cool yeah, it's cool. It's certainly cool. Like they're the kind of things like Jacob and Co. as well. Like I always say, the best example in the world is the Bulgari Serpenti, a watch about which we'll do a whole episode at some point soon, actually. But I always say, if an alien came to Earth many years in the future when the human race has finally extinguished itself and it dug through uh, artifacts and it came across something like the Louis Vuitton or the Jacob and Co. or the uh, Serpenti, and they saw what kind of treasures we were able to create, they would be impressed and terrified in equal measure, I'm sure. But you're absolutely right. Chapek did get my vote. It's a beautiful watch. It is not my favorite Chapek. Obviously, I still prefer the Antarctic, but I really do think that this is exceptionally well-designed. It's a real top-end addition to their collection, something that I'm glad the brand has developed. And yeah, a, a, 
a, a testament to what is possible, I think, mechanically when you collaborate in a smart and responsible way. Choosing your pick in the mechanical exception category is difficult because I will eliminate the four models that you eliminated quite quickly and I'll get myself right down to the chap I can all once again because you choose your models with this with a different mindset from me. I I pick what my favorite is because I think that it's my favorite because I think it's the best and I think it should therefore win. But you are quite militant about picking the watch that you feel deserves to win the category most. And we saw that in great effect when you picked the HYT, despite it not being your personal preference within the Torbjorn collection. And therefore, I find it hard to think that you haven't picked the Ortlon Sphere series because the Sphere is so unlike anything else. I think it is probably the greatest mechanical exception on show here. Am I right or wrong? Almost. If the Chapek wasn't there, I would have definitely hands down chosen the Hot Lance. Listen, technically the Adamar wins it, okay? But, but okay, except I don't even know how many complications it has and did they bring a, break a record and all, but I'm in this phase of, of my life that I'm finally and luckily and blessed to be able to buy watches on my grill list that have been on there for a quarter of a century. I started off with my Uwerk that I got this year. I I, I am saving up for an MBNF. I did win a Mad 1 lottery finally. I don't have the watch yet. And now saving up for a real MBNF. But the hot loans goes into that category. So I'm, I'm in that, uh, I, I would call it neo-modernism. So, but the only thing, and uh, the only reason why Hotlans didn't get it, the caliber is not completely new. They had this spherical jumping ball hour mechanism already. The Chapek is new, and and it's, it is a collab technically, but it's new. It's never done before. So therefore, this year, Chapek has won it, but a bonus award goes to Hotlans and everyone behind the brand because it's owned by the Melan family as well, which owns Moser C. So this definitely is not a money-making project for them. And I respect them for pushing the boundaries on horological technology. So for all of you that either aspire an UVEC, MBNF, etc., consider Hotlans as well. And if you've done it already and you're ahead of me on that evolution of, of experimenting all kinds of horological machines, give them a chance, boys and girls, because Hotlands deserves it. Yeah, and you know what? I think it is the only true mechanical exception in this whole lineup because all the other complications, as many of them as there are stuffed into that AP, you can find elsewhere. Same with the Chapek. I mean, okay, Jacob & Co. is certainly exceptional, but in terms of like real watches you might actually want to buy, the Sphere is truly exceptional. Yeah, and very innovative. Well said. 6-4, is that the score now as we it's move on? 6-4, correct. And we're going into category nine. The Chronograph. Okay. Yes. Now, this historically should be my favorite. Easy one. Easy. I already know what you picked. Easy, hands down. Ah, well, I think you probably picked the same thing, and I hope you did in a way. Uh, but let's run through the six. Um, Audemars Piguet, Royal Oak Offshore, Self-Winding Flying, Torbjorn, Chronograph. Jesus Christ, Audemars Piguet, can you give us a chronograph without a Torbjorn for once? Uh, Debitune DB8, really interesting chronograph. Not what you would expect in terms of layout. Doesn't have the skeletonized lugs that you do love, but it's Debitune. It's quality. It's well-made. It's lovely. Grand Seiko Tentograph, very nice daily wear for uh, someone looking for a go-anywhere-do-anything kind of watch. Really nice finish on the dial. Uh, Peterman Beda, Chronograph Rajapan, probably the most mechanically interesting if you're tired of AP, as you might be able to tell from my tone, I am a little bit. This is a nice-looking uh, Comper layout chronograph with two subdials at three and nine, and it's a Rajapan, which is always fun. 
Then we have a Singer Reimagined 1969 Chrono, a brand new case shape and a totally new bracelet from Marco Barracino and his minions and his minions and then tag Hoyer with the Carrera chronograph skipper lovely looking watch probably the least extravagant of the bunch but um, a good addition to the Carrera family because it has some nice fun colors on it so is it me to guess yes okay I reckon you went for the singer reimagined 1969 chrono as you did so I'm quite sure we both got a point Correct. Yeah. Seven, five it is. Yeah. Um, Don't have to spend too much time on this one, to be honest. Do you want to give a quick run up? We've discussed Singer Reimagined on air. You've done an amazing interview. I've said many times, I utterly regret the fact that I couldn't join that interview. Love what they do. They push the envelope on innovation, thinking out of the box. Um, They deserve it. And if Singer Reimagine wasn't there, I would have chosen the Peter Mbeda. And I kind of think you might have done too. Yep. Me, because I love Rattrapant. You, because it's, although it seems skeletonized, it's modern-ish. And I love the Batoon with their central chronograph hand. But so modern, I wouldn't have chosen this italic font. don't know. It's a bit off, don't you think? Such a modern watch. Yeah, it's an odd one. It 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 tries to do a lot, and for me, it doesn't do anything that well. I think that's just a subjective interpretation of it. I think it's well made. I just don't feel it hangs together as well as it could have done. It feels a bit empty, a bit sort of spaced out, a bit weak. Is is my um? Oh, sounds so critical. I didn't mean it sounds so critical, but there you go. It's that's it. That's my criticism. All right, next category: sports. I guess you know mine. That's a giveaway. And all the listeners as well. So it's my turn to choose yours between the six nominees, which the first one is the Chopa Alpina Eagle Cadence H8HF. Then we have the Doxa Army with the, by Doxa, of course. Gönefeld, the 1969 Delta Works. IWC Schaffhouse again with an engineer automatic. This time, I believe it's the titanium version with the Ton sur ton dial. Tag Heuer with the Monza flyback chronometer in forged carbon. And Tudor with the Pelagos 39. So, I guess you went for the Doxa. I did not go for the Doxa, no. Um, The Doxa was... I love Doxa. I like the Doxa army. Not a huge fan of the green version, to be honest. But no, it wasn't actually... It wasn't actually close. It was probably fourth on the list. Um, I'm not as convinced that I know your choice. I think instinctively I have to go for the Grunefelds. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> no, but, no, but it's, it, I, I don't by default go for Dutch because if it's an ugly or fugly or a stupid watch, I won't pick it. But in this six, who deserves a prize? What, what was my second pick, Rob? Uh, your second pick. Um, I probably Chopard deserves it. Exactly. That was my second one. Not only because it has an orange hand, but it's H eight HF. So what is that, Rob? H eight HF. It took me a moment. Um, obviously HF must stand for high frequency, and mm-hmm. then eight, I guess, must be hertz, which is unusual. So a four hertz movement is probably the most common in modern watchmaking. That's twenty eight thousand eight hundred vibrations per hour, which means that the Balance wheel makes 28,800 movements from rest in both directions. And what that means is a 4 hertz movement ticks 8 times per second. So an 8 hertz movement, which is what we have here, is 57,600 vibrations per hour, ticks 16 times per second, which is even faster than the famed El Primero, which is a 5 hertz movement, which ticks 10 times per second, allowing the chronograph of the El Primero caliber to time tenths of a second. Now, what is very pleasing to see on this model of the Chopard for the eagle-eyed amongst you, and I do mean that pun intentionally because as we know this is the Alpine Eagle and the dial design is based on the iris of an eagle's eye, is that the markings around the outside of the dial do follow the one sixteenths of a second that this second's hand is able to record now it's moving so quickly 
you probably won't even be able to see the steps with the naked eye, but it's an incredible achievement. So for me, I think this has to be the one that takes the title, the Chopard Alpine Eagle Cadence. My second choice, amazingly, was actually the Ingenieur, because I just think it is a great sports watch, a nice, modern, wearable, iconic piece. Yes, uh, overused saying, I know, but it's returned to the world of watches just in time. I do think, as I said before, that its price is way out of whack. But the Grunefeld, although it has my favorite movement of the bunch inside it, has these weird like rubber buffers on the outside, which I suppose is congruous with the idea of a sports watch. But for me, it actually steps down my desire for it. There you go. That's it. Chopard takes that one for me. Well-deserved, uh, Chopard. Well done and lovely watch. I don't think it gets... It does get the respect, I guess, for everybody who considers an integrated bracelet watch. Let's call it the GG class, so the Gerald Genta class. Um, but I, I guess a lot of people forget to incorporate it into their uh, long list or short list when shopping. It's uh, It could be about to have a real surge in popularity because let's look at the price here. This is 19,900 yeah. francs. And now that's about the going rate at retail for any major luxury brand steel sports watch. Like the Antarctique from Chapek has gone way beyond that now. You know, you're paying 22 and a half for one of those standard models if you can get one. The Chopard Alpine Eagle has always been mentioned by watch lovers as, you know, the sort of uncomfortable gatecrasher to this party that normally only has the AP, Royal Oak, Patek, Philippe Nautilus, the Vacheron Overseas or 222, the Antarctique, the Streamliner on the invite list. But this one is not just a damn good looking watch. The black dial and the orange accents really suit it. They give it that sporty vibe, that very masculine look. It isn't just beautifully sized at 41 millimeters in diameter and just 9.75 millimeters thick. It also now has technology that the others don't have really relevant technology, a congruous technology. One thing I would change, the only thing I would change about this watch is I'd get rid of a NAF crystal printing on the back that says Cadence 8HF. We get it, all right? We know it's fast moving, fine. The sweet logo between six and center on the dial is an excellent way to bring a little bit more orange to the display without being too crowded or cluttered. I, I love it. I think it's wonderful. I actually think this is a watch that I would aspire to own in real life. It's that good. It makes the Alpine Eagle something special. Well said. And so do I. I even forgive them for using Roman numerals at 12. Because <laughs> that's the only thing I would have changed. Because I love the date between the four and five. Well done. They didn't dump an index. Didn't cut off anything. So I, I really like what Chopard is doing. Let's get in touch with Chopard then. And let's, let's tell them it. what we do for the real-time show edition. Because this watch is crying out for a little bit of ocean blue on that dial and a different marker at 12. How about that? Hell yeah. Yep. 11 okay. category, jewelry. I'm getting buzzing. But it's an easy one. I already know what you picked and you know what I picked. So let's breeze through it. First nominee, Bulgari Serpenti Cleopatra. Nothing of a snake seen there. But what a spectacular piece. Chopard again with what they do best. Jeweled pieces. Pure happiness. What a name. And does it bring a smile to my face? Yes, it does. Damiani, Italian jeweler. Doesn't make watches, actually. Created the Margherita watch. It resembles, I think the name in English are daisies. Um, Gucci, again. G-Timeless, again. Planetarium, again. This time, what colored stones. You have to see it, just so I, I can't even, well, I can't explain it, but okay. Piaget, a necklace. And I guess this is the second or third necklace we see at GPHG because Richard Mill made a spectacular necklace watch. And we've seen one from another jewelry house, I think Van Cleef. This time, it's called the Swinging Sautoir, which I don't know what it means in French, I have to be honest. Last one is Van Cleef and Arpel with the Ludo Secret Mystery Set Emeralds watch. So, very easy. You went for the Serpenti Cleopatra. And so did you. Yes. What a piece. It's a cuff. So toi means long necklace, in case you're wondering. Oh. Uh -huh. Oh. Uh -huh. Yeah. 
Okay. There you go. Because necklace is collier. So, okay. Anyways. Wow. Yeah, whatever. My French sucks. Anyways, what a piece. Yep. Bulgari made again. Fabrizio, congratulations. Well done. Majestic. Absolutely yeah, majestic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, we love it's, it. It's, we don't need to spend time on it. Um, and we don't need to discuss what second, third or whatever. I was not impressed by the rest, honestly. You? Thought the Damiani was pretty cool, to be frank. I uh, love the high, high jewelry concept of it. Yeah, I would say that was my second place, but the others, uh, much in a muchness. Yeah, okay. Moving on. Artistic crafts. Okay, we've got Anderson Genève with the Jumping Hours Rising Sun Edition, Louis Monet with the Savannah Tourbillon Tiger, Piaget with the Altiplano Mattia da Undulata, Sir Rudy Silva again with the Im Dorion, uh, Sapanieva with the Neki, and Van Cleef and Apples with a Lady Duo de Lyon watch. Okay, wow, what a lot of pronunciation was required from us there. Um, there's one that stands out as a bit of an oddball here, I think, um, for the fact that it's the least odd of the bunch, but there's a lot to choose from. There's a lot going on. There's reasons to pick one or two of them for sure, but I think you went for the Anderson Genève. Um, half point again. So technically, 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 you got two halves now, but I'm not giving them to you. Okay, okay. That's definitely the watch I'm buying because, yeah, what else could <laughs> I have bought? Maybe the Salpaneva. I'm giving it to Salpaneva with the Naiki because it's really a work of art. The, 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 the handwork put into it, the creativity, it's out of the box. I love his crazy moons, moon faces, which they resemble his face apparently, right? Yeah, supposedly. Yeah. They don't talk about female, male, and they shouldn't, so rightfully so. But the Anderson Genève isn't really a feminine watch, is it? And it's not that innovative. They just did a different dial version of their previous models. It's stunning. I, I definitely would consider buying it if I am buying an Anderson Genève. Um, shout out to Louis Monet. Stunning piece of work, but it's a bit cliche and it's a bit, it's not, not, artistic in my sense of I, I want some out of the box thinking and also an honorable mention to Piaget with Altiplano although I would have done this dial without diamonds the diamonds actually take away the attention from the beautiful dial you picked and this is really a difficult one actually I, I, I my my Two guesses are also the Salpaneva or the Anderson Genève. I wanted to say Salpaneva because you picked Anderson for me. I'm picking the same for you. What are you picking? Anderson Genève with the Jumping Hours Rising Sun Edition. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's what I went yeah. for. Ding, yeah. ding, ding, yeah. ding, yeah. ding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so my second choice was actually Louis Monet. Uh, this is a hand-painted, micro-painted dial. And th those jigsaw pieces aren't level. That's the cool thing about this. Mm. They're actually on different levels. So each piece is like painted separately and then it's assembled together on the dial. And it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of art, I think, going in there. My problem with the Sapanieva is I think it's the least artistic of the bunch because um, this loom application is not particularly difficult. It doesn't come close to the mastery of the skills required to create any of the other five. It's a cool watch. It's easily the coolest. It's one I would like to own myself. But I think that from the category perspective, it is quite clearly in my in my mind the um the the, the lightest weight uh, attempt but it obviously caught your eye and convinced you otherwise i love the concept i love you know the the necky is a scandinavian mythological beast the neck that lives in uh water and you can see him in the bottom right hand quadrant of the dial lurching lurching towards the wearer aggressively there is another version of this available in sap and Eva's catalog that has a harvest moon so the moon glows in a sort of orange color and i much prefer that one to this blue moon but love the watch love uh, the brands but for me this one is probably better suited to another category almost the artistic crafts yeah not not feeling it so much but yeah you were right i went for the anderson genève i think that that dial is is absolutely exquisite and in person it's hard to top so what does that make the scores now? That tightens it up. We are at 10 to 8. So I have two more to catch up. So here I go. The Petite Aiguille category. So that's the, I believe, 13th one we're doing. 
And we always get confused about it. So petit agi means the hour hand. So it's the short hand. Petit is small, the small hand. The requirement to win this category and be nominated is the watch needs to retail between 2,000 and 8,000 Swiss francs. So this year, we have six nominees. Bulgari with the new Octa Rome Automatic. Christopher Ward London with the C1 Belcanto. Habring 2 with the Chrono Felix Top Second. Louis Erard in a collab with Konstantin Chaikin, the Le Regulateur. Massina Lab with its Magraph by Massina Lab and Raoul Pages and Tudor with their new Black Bay 41 Burgundy. So that's the original that came out a decade ago. This time with a Metis certified caliber and a Jubilee bracelet. But you're not allowed to call it a Jubilee bracelet. It's a five-row bracelet. So, Rob, it's your turn to choose my pick. Huh. I think, strangely enough, this is maybe the, the closest category. I think you could make a decent argument for any of these watches getting the award. I therefore enjoy this one a little more. I... If I had to eliminate one immediately, I'd probably get rid of the Massina because I think it's the least remarkable or least significant. Then maybe the Tudor has to go because it's it's really nice. It's a classic modern watch, but it's not very exciting. Hmm, tough one. I think I'm going to go with my gut. And I'm saying that you picked the Havering. No, mm. but interesting, interesting pick. It's a difficult one. You see, I actually don't even know what you've gone for here now because it could easily be the Belcanto because that's a yeah. huge amount of watch for the money. Yes, exactly. And that's why I went for the Belcanto. Oh, it's so, the Belcanto. Yes, oh, right. Yes, okay. Yes. And, because, I and, mean, the Constantine check-in Louis Arad is also a top one in terms of, like, name value for that kind of price. Yeah. So I'm all over the place. It was a difficult one. It is a difficult one. But if we need to boil it down to what the category is, it's basically bang for your money. The Tudor on paper... I guess Tudor is going to win, okay? Which really? I think that in the end results, Tudor is going to win because it seems they win every year, the last 10 award ceremonies. Now, the Bulgari is too expensive for three-hand in this competition, but it's a great watch. It's a lot of value for money. I'm actually wearing the chronograph version of that. Huh. But it's at the top range of the two to eight range, right? Because it is, I believe, seven Swiss without VAT. It's eight in euros with VAT. Right. Now, the Lure Irad is funky, crazy, cool, but not my cup of tea. And it's not that low in value. The Messina is stunning, lovely. Raoul Pages does a lot of handwork, but I, I don't think it's in the lower bracket. The Belcanto, I believe, is only three and a half K. Yeah. Something like that, or yeah. the last price I checked, and you have a striking hour for two and a half thousand. Besides that, visually very appealing, technical. It's a mechanical piece of art. It it's amazing, bang for your buck. Now, Habring, I love. Yes, I I don't like Cathedral Hand so much, but I love what they're doing. But wasn't even close. So that's why I went for the Belcanto C one. So, for you, it wasn't easy, but because I had the benefit of you going first, I had a little insight into your thinking. I think you actually went for the Belcanto as well. No, I went for the Habring. Oh. Um, your logic is perfect. At 3,350 francs, the Belcanto is a stunning piece of work. I have said this right from the get-go, and I really appreciate i'm probably in the minority here i don't love the aesthetic i i don't know what to say i just i I, i've never been tempted to buy one do i respect it yes do i think it's absolutely wonderful for the price yeah do i think it's a statement of intent from christopher ward yeah i think it's absolutely phenomenal but not every watch that i respect has to be a watch that i want on my own wrist the habring on the other hand is a watch that i absolutely lust over i i desire it i think it's wonderful i would wear that watch every day quite happily it's clear it's legible it has 
uh, great colorway. The little popper red at nine, uh, well, the little aperture at nine in the nine is so cute and so clever. I, yeah, can't say enough about it. And although this one really pushes the boundaries at 7,850 francs, it's a Habring mm. under 8K. Like to me, that's value. So mm. yeah, that's where my choice went. Interesting. And 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 I definitely are going to buy a Belcanto one time. So yeah. for me, I'm on the other spectrum, but mm-hmm. I'm 100% with you on Habring. My fingers are itching <laughs> to have the... Uh, uh, honor to work with them one day and this watch would be maybe the watch i would want to work with you on it's indeed crazy value for money habring does amazing things one of our esteemed trts network members eric van lewen is good friends he's done several internships in austria with the habring family and i can't say too much but Eric is coming on the show and I hope and I think that he's giving us the scoop and I won't say more, but stay tuned. All right, let's actually do the mechanical clock next, even though we still have the challenge category to go. The mechanical clock section, I never want to end on it for some reason. Last year, I think we pushed something like the chronographs to the end, but mechanical clock, we have six options here. Alan Silberstein, travel alarm clock, is man, I-Z man, I guess. Lepe 1839 Time Fast 2 Chrome. It's like a little sports car. Maison Alce Per Se Azure Table Clock. Matthew Norman Diaphane. Another table clock and a little glass bell jar. The Unnamed Society, the Champion Macassar, not Massacre, as I read it first. And uh, Van Cleef and Apples, Eveil du Cyclamont Automaton. So they immediately get a slap on the behind for making me try and pronounce that. But which is your favorite out of these six? And I think, to be honest, we're probably aligned on this. I believe it's my turn. And you is a difficult category. You Is it? You, is it? Is it difficult? Well, yeah, it is. Because my gut feeling said, oh, Alain Silberstein. But then I said, yeah, I'm a bigger fan than you are. And I think you, 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 you love it. But not to buy. And what would you put next to you on your desk? Because definitely you and I, if we buy one of these six, we'll put it next to our screen and we'll probably look more at it than our screen, which is not a good thing. Um, you're not such a car guy, so you didn't go for the Lepe. You definitely didn't go for the Van Cleef and Appel. Um, maybe the Matthew Norman, but my guess feeling is you want something really contemporary. You went for the Unnamed Society. With not the massacre, but the champion Makassal. Did you? Hum. Okay, I actually went for the Alan Silberstein uh, instinctively <laughs> without looking at it. But uh, I am going to change my answer and give you a point. Yes. Because on further reflection, your logic is, is sounder than mine. Um, I am a huge sports fan. I didn't realize this was a tiny little uh, kicker or rods mm. table, as we mm. say in England. And it's a football uh, so, um, yeah, well worked through. You, you, you're right, I guess. I, I, I am now taking the Unnamed Society. Thanks for your counsel. However, although that narrows the gap, I believe, to one point, 10 till 9, I expect to streak ahead again because you definitely took the Alan Silverstein. Yes. Ding, 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 11-9. So, although one point of criticism, I despise smartphones <laughs> and all right i haven't that's a bit I mean, shit then this is this is a 50k smartphone that doesn't work <laughs> basically so i would buy it now the day that we all have chips implanted in us and we're talking literally in air or we have augmented reality coming over our eyes and, and we simply hear voices in our head literally not made up this suddenly becomes a retro object in uh Less than two decades, but I'm I'm such an Alain Silberstein fan that even would I pick another one, I couldn't. But um, Petroheads de Lepe is amazing. I've seen it. The Unnamed Society, and if you guys are listening, sorry, we promise you to bring you on air, and we definitely will bring you on air. It's super cool what they're doing, and they're such underdogs, and it's 
difficult to categorize them or put them into a category because they're all over the place. They make jewelry, they make mechanical pieces. Uh, I believe they have guns even. So, and and but I wouldn't have chosen it because it's it reminds me of a football. So the 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 the, the table football. Genau. Genau. Yeah, football. Yeah. Und, and what we und, we call it kicker in in at least in the part of Germany I live in. Kicker. kicker. Yeah. Kicker. kicker. Oh, the, the kick, Americans kick call up it the arse. Yeah. Yeah. Kick up the arse. Yeah. yeah. The Americans call it foosball. In England, we call it either table football or rods. And that's it. Yeah. That's all I know about that. But but the one that that I don't know I gravitate to is the Matthew Norman. I I I I really love domes, glass domes. I don't know why. So <laughs> it reminds you of your head. You think your big shiny dome? <laughs> <laughs> I did consider shaving and I, I trim my hair. Right, I've, I've been thinking about shaving, but maybe it's, I become a bit too. Uh, what should I say? What terms should I use? Tacky. Anyways, um, if you like domes as well but you don't want to spend this amount or you simply don't like table clocks, consider Bernard Favre watch winders. Maybe the best, aesthetically most appealing winders out there. So, Rob, I think we're about to keep it within an hour. So let's get going. Last category, save the best for last. The challenge category. Last one, I can't win anymore. So, Rob, congratulations. But still... It doesn't diminish the fun I'm having because I really, really enjoy these games that you and I do. So, six nominees. Kurono Tokyo with the GMT1. Nomos Glashütte with the Club Campus 38 Electric Green. Raymond Weil with the Millisim Automatic Small Seconds. Seiko with the 1968 Divers Modern Reinterpretation GMT. Now, this is non-grand cycle. Studio on the dog with the watermelon. And this is apparently the Perpetual Limited Edition. But I, I believe this is the Instagram influencer Perpetual. They don't mean that it has a perpetual calendar in it. <laughs> and that would be good for a thousand francs, yeah. Sure. Timeless Swiss watch with the HMS003. And I believe it's your turn. Right, uh, so just to dr- shine a light on this in case it wasn't obvious, the special thing about the Studio Underdog Watermelon is the fact that it has Eastern Arabic numerals on the tachymeter scale and the subdial, in case you missed that. So that's why it's a special. And I guess that they had to make something available, actually commercially available for this competition for it to be valid. Uh, good watches. I love the challenge category. This is sub 3000, right? Okay, well, I think your choice is obvious. I think my choice is obvious. I think they align. Let's keep the suspension up. So let's vote for each other's number two. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, oh, tough one, tough one. Yeah, that is difficult. Well, I think the Raymond Vale can can go. Yeah, that's, that's a bit nasty. Sorry, guys. Although I did like the Basquat... Collab they launched uh, Basque, huh? yeah, one, two, three weeks ago. I don't remember. That was actually a nice surprise. A bit late to the collab party, but welcome. Interesting. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, I, he's my he was my favorite artist when I was growing up, and I'm a bit sort of like annoyed that he's become so like renowned mainstream now. You know, it's it's, it's one of those rare moments when I'm like, oh, but you didn't know him before, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I I I'm even that tacky that I have a Uniqlo collab with him. I have a hoodie. Yeah. He is he is the man though. Or he was, should I say. Um okay. Um tough one. I don't think you've gone for Studio Underdog as much as we love Rich. Or I mean it's your second choice. Uh Okay, the Seiko's a really, really good watch, but it's a bit vanilla. And you you get a good amount of watch for your money there, but you don't get more than, I don't think. This timeless Swiss watch is causing me a bit of trouble because it's quite cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it, it it's pretty interesting, but my gut feeling is for some reason this... Corona Tokyo, even though it looks so 1990s, or like a prop from like a Neo Tokyo 
futuristic manga episode is quite interesting with its dark dial, its burgundy, its red. Looks like a kind of watch Dracula would wear if he were Japanese. I am going to say that was your second choice. Almost. Mm. And that's your second choice because you're following the same analogy. Mm. Is it your second? You know, it probably is. You're right. Based on the philosophy that I was espousing. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm tied up really. I, I With think Studio Underdog, right? Just, no, I, I, no, I don't know. <laughs> I said, dude, you're all over the place. Well, you know, the Seiko is a great watch kit. I've got a lot of time for this particular Seiko. I I wrote a review of, I think, the black dial version of this when it came out. This is the SPB381 we're talking about specifically, green dial, green bezel. It's an incredible watch. You said quite rightly, it's not a grand Seiko, but it's about the grandest Seiko that I think you can find. And it's got this lovely little shovel seconds hand with a red dot on it that just brings enough excitement to the dial to make it something special that's a really 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 good watch it's 1850 francs the corona tokyo is more interesting but it's 2000 francs it's a little bit beyond it oh christ i don't know no those two are my second and third i think and then the fourth and fifth of the studio underdog and the timeless tide the raymond is in last position and i think i think everybody's figured it out already we, we both surely we both picked the normas as number one of course because what is this challenge about? Either you challenge on amazing buck for your money, or it's so out there design-wise or creativity that it wins the challenger's prize. So Studio Underdog, you and I both love. And by the way, I love their second chapter. Now, he doesn't deserve it now because it's just a quick reiteration with Eastern Arabic numbers, so Hindi numerals, which is cool. I love it. Would have this been the first time he did a watermelon dial for this challenge category in this award ceremony? They would have won it. I am giving it the second place because simply, Raymond Wild is not a challenger's watch. This watch. Just a cheap watch. It's a great brand. Fantastic. I see it as a contender for Frédéric Constant and Maurice Lacroix, Longines. Lovely watch. Seiko, I, I, I've lost track, dude. I, I, I don't understand all these sub-collections, Diver, X, Tuna, Grand Seiko. I, I've, I have no idea. Is it great value for money with the 72 powers reserve? Yeah. But it's not a challenge. This, this is also evolution, right? It's not revolution. And the time of Swiss watch, I actually don't like anything about it besides the unique font they use. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's all right. But I mean, it, it tries, right? It certainly yeah. is something else. Like, Definitely. It's, if you it's want something different. Yeah. Yeah. It's not my cup of tea, but thank you for being there. I mean, we need diversity. How boring is 12 in a dozen? And the Corona would have been number two if I didn't have the watermelon there. But no one deserves it because for over 32, three years now, they've been challenging the industry. And they've been delivering quality and their pricing is low. And yeah, we are uber, uber subjective, you and I. I mean, we met thanks to Nomos and we just had an amazing three-day trip with Nomos, at Nomos. Um, the green is is lovely. Is this revolution? Neither. This is not revolution. I mean, they've been doing these colors now every year, two colors, la, la, la. So it's not that exciting. But oh, come on, 1,300 euros. What a watch. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And there's been a lot of really great colors dropped in the Club Campus collection recently. My favorite is probably the hot pink that we saw a year or two ago. It came out alongside a, a, a sort of more muted purple, but beautiful, beautiful watches. Absolutely uh, unisex icons, I think. But what's really clever about the way Nomos uses color is not necessarily just the base color of a dial, but the accent colors that they use. The orange is obviously uh, is something I love myself. But here, if you look very closely at the outline of the numbers, this is a, a feature you'll see on all the club campuses, the uh, or club campi, maybe, I don't know. If you look at these very closely, you'll see that the five-minute numerals around the outside are in an accent color, which is mirrored by the outline of all of the numerals, whether they are 
indices arabic or roman and here we have a mint green it just gives a little bit of pop to the rest of the dial it's clever it's subtle it's very very restrained it is i would say a master of colorways having a lot of fun with one of its most accessible models 1520 swiss francs it's got an in-house manual wind movement Power reserve, 43 hours, 21,600 vibrations per hour. That's not going to set the world alight, but that's not what this model is intended to do. At 38.5 millimeters and 8.5 millimeters thick, it can be worn by pretty much anybody. And one other feature of these new Nomos watches, although this one is is said to be on a gray leather strap, Nomos has started doing hypoallergenic vegan straps made out of felt. Now, I first saw one of these when I was visiting Leicht Jewelers in Dresden and in in the vicinity of the Frauenkirche and I tried it on, on a Tetra watch and I noticed immediately that the strap was something else. It's a really nice alternative if you're not into leather products. So have a look at those if you're looking for a watch, but you don't want to buy a traditional material for the band. Okay, that's it, GPHG. Do we have to say who we think our winner of the entire event will be, Alon? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. I mean, I, I believe we're close to one hour, but um the, yeah because you have the overall right they give a lifetime award and overall and there's three i believe yeah yeah right okay well and let's just do the golden the golden hand is that what it's called <laughs> i i think so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right the top watch now weirdly enough are we allowed to choose a watch that we've already chosen i guess we are because we haven't actually yeah. decided upon the winners we've just said what yeah. we think is the best okay do we have to guess each other's favor or should we just go out and announce it? Let's guess it quickly, but not spend hours on it. So you choose mine and I'll choose yours. Okay. Let me just buzz back through these. No, no, no. Ooh, no. Ooh, maybe. Uh, mm, no. Mm. Okay. Difficult. So while tricky, Rob tricky. is having like a verbal orgasm, <laughs> we need to tricky. We need, we need, you're like, ooh, and eyeing us. So basically... It, it boils down to, I think Rob is going to pick that watch that this year is new and stood down like, oh, overall, wow, cool watch. It deserves a price. So should I go while you're having your verbal orgasm? Uh, I think I've made my pick. I'm not very confident about it, but I've made it because, yeah, I've made it. So I think you're going to go for, what are the scores at the moment? <laughs> We're tied up, right? Oh, no, 11, no, 11 no. 9. Yeah, 11-9. So there's no way I can win. Okay. Um, I think you have gone for Zimon Brett. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. No way. Yeah. No way. Somebody, well, he, he, he already technically won this prize because the watch collecting community, they put him on a pedestal. They made him the next Rexepi. So the yeah. next Akri. Well deserved. Without even a watch delivered, but he deserves it. And I'm going to make a prediction next year or in two years, it's Sylvain Bernard. Oh, yes. Well, you know, when soon as Sylvain's in this competition, he'll be getting our votes. Yeah. Yeah. Votes and and not only category, I hope he wins the overall. Now, absolutely deserves it. 100% deserves it. Can't wait for that. I almost said that Simon Bret was your pick, but you went for the HYT. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, no. Oi. No, no, I didn't. I, no. I actually surprised myself. You're cheating um, on me, dude. No, I, well, there's no need for me to cheat, is there, with, with this kind of margin of victory. Um, um, <laughs> I, again, I went for the show part. No shit. I went for Which the show one? part. The Alpine Eagle Cadence 8HF. No yes, for real. Because that wow. that's a potential game changer in its sphere. I, wow. I really believe it. I believe okay. it. Okay, cool. I almost said Archie for you, but then I said it's too much skeleton, too much to be on for you, so I let that go. Ah, but the show part, it does everything. It's good price. It's a contender. It, it elevates a collection that has not got the attention it deserves. New technology and the best aesthetics that collection has ever had, in my opinion. So I'm going to say something, and it might sound as if I'm being sarcastic or funny. Sure, for the family, I hope you're listening. If you do, I really believe that Rob, for that pick, should get that Alpine Egan as a gift. Not a bribe, not a bribe, nor a sponsor money, just simply because of this this curveball he's thrown at all of us. And I know he means it. And and 
no, no, no sarcasm here. Really, you know what, Rob, you deserve it. I tell you what, if Chopard wants to donate a watch, I'll take it, but we'll give it to someone in the community. We'll do a competition. We'll let somebody else have it. And then if they want to give me a discount on buying one for myself, I'll do that. But we don't take bribes at the real time show. By all means, Chopard, drop us one of these Alpine Eagle Cadence AHFs and we'll make one of our listeners very happy indeed. There you go. Balls in your court. Interesting. So thank you for listening. Thank you for riding out this amazing journey the first year. Many more years to come. Many more exciting news to come. This is only the beginning. Thank you, Rob. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to all the brands, partners, friends, everybody who's been supporting us so wholeheartedly with so much energy, enthusiasm, and also critical feedback, which is essential, and we thrive up on. So nobody does the outro better than Mr. Rob Nuds himself. Mike is yours. If you'd like to get in touch with us and be part of the Real Time Show, then please contact us via one of our usual channels, either Instagram, I'm there at Rob Nuds, R-O-B-N-U-D-D-S. Alon is there at A-L-O-N-B-E-N-J-O-S-E-P-H. Our third team member, David Vaucher, can be found at D-A-V-A-U-C-H-E-R. And you can find our official Instagram account, soon to be very active indeed, at the Real Time Dot show. You can contact us via email, either Rob or Alon at therealtime.show via the contact form on the website, www.therealtime.show, or by shouting very loudly in our direction when attending any of the events we happen to be frequenting. We'll be back soon with more top quality watch content and more insights from the watchmaking world's luminaries. Until then, stay safe and keep on ticking. Home run. <laughs>